0: We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. As we experienced with Rhonda, and yesterday was a beautiful day of celebration, she permanently left a defining moment in our lives, and we will live and love never in the same way again and that's an easy statement to say and i want to say to all of you it's easy because you know here comes the next thing and here comes the next thing and here comes the next thing that we just move on don't we we move on because oh did you see what happened on the and we move on and our job as a family is not to always completely move on i don't ever want to hear in this room for our family here well time will heal Do I want to be okay? You know, we need each other. And we all have our situations. And some of you are like, what about the thing that just happened to me three weeks ago? You forgot about that already? Your job as a family of God in this church and all around the United States and in our community is to stand with people and not move on all the time you need to stay with them stay in their moment and be with them and minister to them and there's others outside of here and that's what we're going to talk about today that you need to minister to to as well because the holy spirit would like to point out moments god puts in your path and my path where you are to change somebody else's life not your own just as just as much as there are defining moments for yourself Every day the Holy Spirit pre- presents moments where we could have the opportunity to create a defining moment in someone else's life if we just take our eyes off ourselves for a minute. And some of you, you're in a time and you're a season, you're like, well, I can't take my, I can't take my eyes off myself right now. Well, that's all right. But there's a moment, there's a time, there's a place when it's time to take your se- eyes off yourself, get over yourself, and put them on Jesus and put them on what he's got for you. And there's a scripture I want to share. We'll talk about it more in a minute, but it's in Luke chapter 19. I appreciate you too, Riley. You're doing a good job. You didn't make any mistakes today. And I, you don't even know how to run that, and you just seem to do it. So Luke chapter 19 you find it there? I want to read it to you. It's a very familiar story, but it takes a look at Jesus once again, where Jesus is busy, yet Jesus takes time to create a defining moment for somebody else. And it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was just passing through. Everybody say, passing through. through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was very rich. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, does this speak to anybody today? Are you short? (laughs) But because he, he was short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed in a tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Mutter, mutter, mutter. He was gone to be the guest of a sinner. We don't mutter in our church. We would never do that if someone wanted to be the guest of a sinner, but they did back then. I want to call this message Operation Love. Or actually, I have a number of titles. Or I could call it Not About You, Not About Us. Stop Being Selfish. That's a good title. Get over yourself. If you laughed really loud, that must mean it was for you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you can call it whatever you want. Here's a better, here's one that will look good on a podcast. Created to serve. You can name it what you want, but you get the point. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we just thank you right now for these few moments left. I pray they'd be a defining moment in someone's life. Because your word should no matter who the speaker is, always create a defining moment in our life because it's the word of God. And I pray that you would speak to us today. I pray that you would open our ears to realize that you have something new to birth. You have something new to birth in someone today in Jesus' name. How many know that one of the greatest ways to get your mind off your own problems is to... Yes, help someone else. One of the greatest ways to get your mind off your own problems. Here's a petty story, but it's something that happened, and it helped me to get my mind off myself, and it was with, had to do with um, when I was getting, um, when I was breaking up with Cynthia. I broke up with her. I don't know. I got stupid there for a while, and I didn't realize that she was the one for me and um, i remember the night i broke up with her and told her i need to see other people i need to play the field a little it was my freshman year in college and maybe there's someone else for me and i'd already told you i don't know if you heard that story but that i thought she wasn't cut out for bible college because she was having way too much fun which i needed that in my life i just didn't know it at the time and so i broke up i was crying on the way home Um, it was probably uh, cup, You know, how you break up, and then you go and talk again, and then, yep, we're still broke up, and you keep crying. And it was about 11.30 at night. I had um, left uh, the dorms where she was living, and I was going to my uh, apartment and um, driving down the street um, in Los Angeles and saw someone at a bus stop. And I'll just keep it really short. I'm not going to tell the details of what happened, but I felt like the Lord had said to me, the Holy Spirit said, you need to talk to this person, pick them up, and give them a ride, ask them where they need to go at midnight, you know, this is, they shouldn't be out on the road on their own, and I thought, I'm not doing that, the the guy could kill me, you know, I'm not gonna, I drove by, and then I drove back by again to take a look at him, and um, wasn't gonna do it, so I drove back by and went on the way home, and then I just couldn't shake it, and I went back, and um told him hey you need a ride he's like well i'm waiting for the bus uh you know i don't need a ride from you you might kill me (laughs) that's probably what he was thinking and i said i know this sounds weird but um god told me i'm a bible college student so i thought that would be a good god told me to pick you up and um anyways we ended up talking and i took him like i think he was afraid to be with me because he he said well i just need a ride to there and it was like one block I'm like you're gonna take the bus one block he's like here's good this is good I'm like "Ah, okay well we there's the bus stop and um I said well I'm you can get out of the car if you want but I was on it was on purpose I picked you up God told me to there's something going on in your life you need to explain it and I I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna help you and we prayed and we talked and um it was a it was a moment for him he is struggling with his um you know, being a homosexual is what he was struggling with, and um, he said, thank you for this, this, I, I, this is definitely God trying to get my attention, and I don't know what happened after that, but um, it was the last thing I wanted to do, and I knew God had a defining moment in this guy's life, and I was... There to help it help bring it about, and, and yours, yours will happen every day, and they may not be as extreme. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit lays out situations every day where He wants to use us to create a defining moment in others' lives. It could be even as simple as because we get so selfish that we don't think about little things. You you buy a cup of coffee and you bring a cup of coffee to a to a work to a guy at work. That you, that you work with that needed it that day. You don't know if God, if, especially if you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you and you do something like that, you never know what that might mean to them. They might break down oh my gosh, you don't know what's going on in my life. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. It could be when traffic backs up at Academy and, and you although no one else in all of Colorado Springs would do this, let someone merge in front of you. I don't know what's wrong with our town, but merging is satanic, I guess. You're not allowed to merge. But I've been in a situation where I'm driving, and someone uh, wants to get in front of me, and if I'm in a certain, this is where I, I was in a moment, the other, just the last few weeks ago at the hospital, I'm like, dude, I have places to go. I do not have time for you to let, to, I, I, he wouldn't let me merge, and I was mad at him, and thinking the guy had no, he didn't mean anything personal. And I took it personal. And I'm saying, it could be as simple as letting someone, you don't know what they're going through. I wish that people would be more spirit led and on yielding to the Holy Spirit and yielding on the academy, I'm telling you. (laughs) Could be at the grocery store when you have a bunch of groceries and I know this might sound petty, but these this is not petty, what I'm saying. I'm trying to go all the way down to the lowest con, common denominator. And you say, oh, do, you need to, do I need to let you in front of me? Have you ever done that? I would like to have you close your eyes and raise your hand if you've ever let someone get in front of you. No, we're not going to close our eyes. Has anyone ever done it? Raise your hand and be proud. Yes. So you all, have, that's your reward. You got it already. Because you just told me. You just told me right now. You should have kept your hand down and... Um, you never know what that might do for someone. I remember one time when we did that, Cynthia did it for someone, let them in front, and then she paid for their stuff, and I was like, what the heck are you doing? We're not paying for their, and the lady didn't even thank us when she left. She just left, but you, you never know what that, what that does for someone. You're not doing it to get a reward from them. You know, some, I've heard, um. Not necessarily in our congregation, but, you know, I, I, I have heard it in our congregation. I, I told I told my waitress about our church. I told them about it. I said, you should come. And someone from Red Lobster, a waitress from Red Lobster, came to our Easter egg hunt, and that was probably someone in this room. This is a different story. But I told them, and I said they should come, and um, I ventured to think, well, I want... I didn't even... That, that was their tip. I gave them a tip because they they, now they're going to meet Jesus. And the thing is, I bet you, you did more harm than good by telling them about our church, telling them you're a Christian, and giving them no tip, or little tip, because they, they can, it confirmed that Christians are cheapskates. You probably did that, so thank you very much. Hopefully you're not here today, but you know. When, when you go to a restaurant and you decide, I'm not saying you have to do this and God's going to bless you a hundred time fold for tipping somebody, but that's a way you might create a defining moment. If you've told them, if they know you're a Christian and you give them a big tip, you never know what that might tell them about who Jesus is to them and who Jesus was them before because someone else had, you, know, you understand what I'm saying. I was in the parking lot um, at Walmart, and I decided I was going to, because I knew we were talking about this, and I wanted to tell a nice story. So I, let, I was going, there's a front, front row spot, and it doesn't matter on a day when it's 70 degrees, like we've had two or three this week, but then the next day, 20 degrees, right? You don't want to park anywhere but as close as you can. And I thought, I'm going to let this lady, or it could have been a man, I don't know, Whoever it was. I always call it a lady when I'm driving. Come on, lady. <laughs> Sorry. And I don't mean anything by it, but, you know, I I was going to let this person go right and get the front seat, front row, front parking spot. So I'm like, you know, here you go. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't see me. And I talk. You can go ahead. Go ahead. You can get. just get in the seat. Just go. Just get, get in there. Come on, you know. They're not, and Riley, Riley, or Reagan tells me, they can't hear you when you're talking. But um, she didn't take it, so I took it. I'm like, forget it then. But the thing is, because people don't expect anyone to be nice to them, because we don't do it, right? We're just all out for ourselves. Get over yourself, right? Let's let's get over especially as Christians. And um, there's a sad scripture I want to share. I'm just going to summarize it. You don't have to put it up there. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 through 8 and it talks about in the last days the love of the great body of people that would be us will grow cold I don't know what the last days are but I know that we're getting more to the last days hopefully sooner than than later we're going to be at the very last day but it says that the body of believers, it's going, they're going to, their love's are going to grow cold. And it doesn't make sense because we need to get hotter in the last days to, to reach the world. But I would hope that myself and yourself, you would not be the kind of person that would let your love grow cold in the last days. Because the world, the way they're going to know us is by our bumper sticker, right? No, they're going to know us by our love. They're going to know us by our love. I get so tired of the reputation that we get (laughs) as believers. We're selfish. We're stingy. We're busy. We're uptight. In the last days, it says it's getting worse. I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're worried. We're stuffy. We're joyless. We're humorless at times. Maybe it wouldn't be you, but, you know, we all... Can fall into that at, at some point and I can um, I can only imagine what they think of us at times and I don't want them to think that and speaking of I can only imagine I went to the movie I don't know if you've seen it but it's pretty good and um, what ends up happening I mean there's a lot of people going to this movie and um, it's a evangelical thing. I think a lot of church people are going. I went twice on a Sunday trying to go, and it was sold out both times. I couldn't even get in. Um, but I went the other day to see it, and um, I'll just keep this short, but it just goes to show what, you know, the way the world might see us as Christians. And I was thinking of the ticket window, these people that are, keep coming up, there, there's a lot of Christians. You could tell that it was a Sunday, and the way they were dressed, you could just tell. You can tell a Christian. A Christian can tell a Christian, anyways. I hope maybe they can. I hope not, because I saw this lady get up there, and I was I was I was between two lines because I wanted to go fast because you want to get in because movie starts. You you're not gonna, you don't want to sit out and wait wait in line. And so I was in between two lines and um, wasn't sure which one to go to. And both lines, both there was only one person in both lines, and they were both Christians, and. The one lady on this side was saying, would you just give me my money back already? Because, because, and she was explaining, she goes, well, I can't give you your money back. You already paid and, um, until the movie's over. Uh, anyways, I don't know what they were saying. Well, I want to see the manager. So I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting out of that lane. <laughs> but I could tell she, she was like, she never goes, the, she, uh, you could tell she never goes to the movies. She went this one day and it was just too bad. And then uh, the other line the, the family, it was a family, which it was kind of sad the, the way it is, but the dad was demanding to see the manager as well, because he had had his movie app, and he, he, he or he didn't have the movie app he was supposed to use, and he didn't have, and he said, I don't, you're not going to make me use this. I don't have to use my phone to get in this movie, and they said, yes, you that's the way your coupon works. Well, forget it. Give it, I, we don't, we don't want to go, and um, they were going to give him their money, but Isn't that, I was just like, and so I went up and um, said, I'm not a Christian, I told the lady, you know, I said, I want, I want to see the worst movie you got, you got a rated R movie? No, I, I was really nice and smiled, and she probably thought I was weird, because I was extra, oh, thank you so much, thank you, I'm just excited about this movie, she probably, all right. Maybe that's why Jesus told the parable that he did in, of the good Samaritan because um the good Samaritan parable if you've heard it in Sunday school it's about um a bunch of followers of about about a bunch of believers that passed a guy that needed help. It doesn't talk about well, then there was this prostitute that came along and then this alcoholic that came along and then this it was there was a preacher then there was a preacher's helper and then there was you know that's what it talks about and they they went by and then there was one guy we don't know what he did we don't know if he went to church and he was a good Samaritan he was a nice guy he was he was he was um, everyone was prejudiced against him but he decided to help the, the poor guy right and Jesus Um, confronted a lot of people, but usually it was not the non-believer that he confronted. And often in church we'll talk about the non-believer and what they need to do right. But really Jesus would come to church and he would talk to the believers and say, this is what you're doing wrong. You need to get better at this because the world sees you this way. And you're using your religion as an excuse. You're using all kinds of things to say you're too busy and too, and that's, that's enough of that. That's what Jesus would say. And the priests would get so mad at him. The, the uh, Pharisees would get so mad at him. And um, they, they ended up killing him, I'm pretty sure. You know, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus, no matter how busy he was, he had time to create a defining moment for the guy. Remember we read about Zacchaeus. Could you put up that scripture again, just the first couple of verses? Um, It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And um, imagine being there with Jesus and his disciples. It says that they were passing through town. I don't know if you've ever been passing through a place. Have you ever been on a road trip? You stop in a town because you're eating, you're going to the bathroom, You're getting gas, and then you're leaving. That's all you stop there for. Can you imagine stopping at a Burger King and then deciding um, to meet someone at the Burger King and ask someone that you shouldn't usually hang out with because this guy was uh, against the rules to, to talk to even. Yet Jesus goes up to him, asks to come to his house, and spends the day and night with the man. He spends the day and night with him. I don't know if you've ever been on a trip, but you're not going to spend the day and night with someone. You're on your way somewhere else. How many times are we on our way somewhere else and we forget that God has got a defining moment set up for us a hundred different places in our day and we are too busy because we got to do this this, and this, and Jesus, I think, was teaching his disciples, you know, we are on our way to another place, and we do have people to see, places to go, things to do, and we're important. Yes, we are important people. In fact, we're the only 12, the most important 12 people in the world at this point, and Jesus was the very most important, yet he takes a moment for some obscure, unimportant guy who, you know, a tax collector who's standing, sitting up in a tree, he takes a moment to say, Find this guy. Hey, he looks, and I would encourage you look around, look up, look up, lift up your eyes. I could call the message today, Lift up your eyes. There are a lot of people that need us. And the guy was looking for Jesus, and Jesus said, Hey, come on down. I'm coming to your house today. What the heck? We're going to his house. He says, yes, we're coming to his house today. And they spend the day with him. Can you imagine doing that during your travels? I want to just bring up one moment that I had in my travels. We we're on our way to summer camp. My parents are here again. Oh. <laughs> they live in California, yet they're here again. So are you guys, Barbara and Red. Why are you here? No. Um, <laughs> No, they have been helping us this week. It's been, uh, we've been, they've been a big help. But um, they uh, dropped, they went, we stopped at a place to eat or to go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom and came out and they had already left. They had already left me there, about four years old. I really believe it was about four years old. Seriously. They come driving back. I'm going down the freeway. I remember crying, just crying my eyes out that parents left me. And I was just lifting my eyes to just help someone. I was going to help someone. and No, I wasn't. I was just going to the bathroom. But, you know, we get in a hurry. We get in such a hurry. And Jesus did it all the time. The woman that touched the hem of his garment, they said, come on, Jesus, let's keep going. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. I need to make a defining moment right now. God is wanting to use me. Who touched me? The woman at the well. He didn't let busyness stop him. The woman caught in adultery, he didn't let prejudice stop him. The crowd who was hungry, he didn't let money stop him from feeding an entire multitude of people and creating a gift. Do you know that moment for that 5,000 people that he fed in that day was... You know that was a defining moment. You know that every one of them, or at least most of them, are serving Jesus today. Well, they're in heaven, but if they were still alive, they would be serving Jesus because Jesus decided, his disciples said, I don't have money. We don't have money to feed all these people. How are we going to, he said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And he did it. John Bunyan, and the author of the classic Pilgrim's Progress said, you have not lived until you have done something for someone that cannot pay you back. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to ask. Um, I'm going to ask. Would you do it? Would you like to play again? That'd be nice. If you promise to not be here next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just because it's an easy laugh. I, I bring up those kind of jokes, but it's not. Um, You've been so awesome to have. But see, hear this. Hear this word again. You have not lived today until you've done something for someone who cannot pay you back. So many times we we look for a situation where, well, I mean, that's the way we are. What what do I get out of this? What do I get for me? What do I get for me? It sounded like a musical. Come on up, Marius. Let's do this, yes. it could be buying lunch for someone on the side of the road. You know, I could I could share a number of examples. I'll share one, um, and this is just because I want to share it because it's a shameless plug. If you want to serve in kids' ministry, I'll tell you, that is a thankless job. I've served in kids' ministry for 20 years until I came to this church, and my easiest job I've ever had is getting to preach to the adults. <laughs> In some ways, on the Sunday morning it is because it's a thankless job, and the kid's not going to come back to you and say, oh, thank you so much. Well, actually, you might hear that. If Billy Sunday didn't have a Sunday school teacher, Billy Sunday wouldn't have done what he did. I don't know if you know his story. That's a thankless job. But let me give you three opportunities to become a defining moment for someone else. Are you ready? Here they are. Three opportunities, and they are good ones. They are really good. The first one is when you are experiencing a trial or a trouble or a circumstance, when you are experiencing a downer, that is an opportunity for a defining moment for someone else because it's the best time when you need to get out of yourself, when you're experiencing a trial. All right, here's the number two. It's just as smart as the first one. When you are not experiencing a trial, this is an opportunity for you to create a defining moment for someone else. Maybe someone would say it like this, I'm hashtag blessed. And I would say, oh, I'm so glad you're hashtag blessed. But what are you blessing? Who are you blessing? Because you are blessed. If you are in a season of blessing right now, you best be blessing somebody else. Be blessed, right, Barb? That's on her. Every time she texts, it's automatic. It says, be blessed. And I I love it because then I'm blessed just by texting you. But if you need, you understand what I'm saying. I was going to point my finger at you. If you are in a time of blessing, you better be blessing someone. You better be looking for someone around you. Oh, I will. I will, Pastor. In in a month, I'm going on a missions trip to Nigeria next year in 2019. No, I'm saying right now, today... When you go to lunch, when you go home, when you meet with your kids, when you meet with your family, you find an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. Well, they don't deserve my blessing. Yes, do you deserve the blessing that you have been received, that you have received? No, none of us deserve grace, but grace has been given. You better give grace out, amen? And the last opportunity to become a blessing to someone else, become a defining moment for someone else is when you desire to be closer to Jesus. I promise you that the divine realm and the physical realm meet up right in the middle in a point of you being used by God to change someone else's life. Where you're looking for Jesus, well, I just can't feel him. I just can't feel him. I just can't sense him. I just don't know where he's at. I just feel so far away from him. And I would say, serve somebody else. In those moments, the divine comes down and the physical meets it in the middle and you create a defining moment in someone else's life. The Holy Spirit loves to find people who are open to be used by him and when you say oh i'm yielded to you god i'm yielded whatever you want to do he is just he he, that's when he starts pouring it out he starts pouring it out in your life and you're like i have so much i need to give it away i need to give it away but what ends up happening often right my friends my family my church We get it. We receive. We receive. We receive. We receive, and you don't give it away. And then you need to receive more because you lost what you had. It spills out when you have a when you have a full glass. And I say, tell Jaden, can you carry that into this room? By the time he gets the full glass into this room, it's empty because he spilled it along the way. That's why you got to put a lid on it. God would say to you today, i have filled your glass. It's to the top. It's to the brim. Don't carry it all over. Don't carry it. This is a word for someone today because it's not in here. I just sat my Bible down and finally the best thing I said all day comes out. Don't, don't, um, I don't remember what I said now, right? Fill it up to the brim. Don't walk around with it. You need to let it spill on people. You need to pour it out, use this, help this person, help this person, and by the time you get to the other side of the room, guess what? It's half empty? No, it's full again. Where did that come from? Because the Bible says the water is inside you. The spirit is inside you. And it will flow like a living water. It will just continue to flow through you. Where did that come from? I didn't even go back to church yet. And I'm already full again. That's the way. It just will just keep filling up. But as long as it's full, all it's going to do is not going to get filled back up again until you pour it out on somebody else. Would you bow your heads with me today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. I say that every time I start a prayer, but that's the basis of everything that we do. You love us. You first loved us even while we were still sinners, even while we still didn't have it all figured out yet. And yes, we may see through a glass dimly, and we may not see the whole picture, and we may ask why in certain situations in our life. But even in those moments, you have moments that you want to use us to create defining moments in others. We may have a million minutes in our life, but I would encourage you, don't miss the handful that are really important and become defining. I don't know how to close this service. I asked you if you know Jesus already. Maybe I need to ask you again. Maybe you're already ready. It's only 30 minutes later and you're ready. Is there anyone here that still doesn't know Jesus, wants the relationship with him? I want to help you to do it. I won't embarrass you. Just look at me. Just say, "Yeah, that's me." Make sure that you you tell me by looking. You're not just looking around. You're looking at me. Make sure I understand that. I won't acknowledge it until I see that you, that's why you're looking. Anybody? Anyone. Anyone. Amen. Amen. Who in this room would agree that you were meant, you were created for so much more and that sometimes you need to get over yourself, you need to stop being selfish, and you need to realize you're created to serve. Raise your hand if that would be you. That would be me. I'm going to raise my hand real high. chappie. you're not raising your hand. You better raise it. You better raise it. You're a principal at a school. You are created to serve. You're created for more. God has more for you, my brother. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Amen. Amen. He's always opening doors. He's always opening doors for you. You gotta know that. Well, I'm just Leslie. I'm just Stephen. Sorry, I just was looking. I can't find Seth right now, so I usually say his name. There he is. I. What. What am I supposed to do for God? I. Well, you know what? You're a child of Him. You're a daughter of the King. You're a. You're a not a husband, you're a a child of the king, and you are royalty, and when you walk, you should walk with a different um, boldness, a different confidence in other people, not like this, hello ticket man, I am anointed by God, I need my ticket too, I can only imagine, no, but you walk with a confidence and you give confidence to others through the way you live and you say well i need i need it for myself watch what god does through you and when you walk he will open doors more doors than you think and you'll realize oh man there are doors all over the place to leave an imprint that echoes into eternity so when you leave this place the people say oh man they sure made an impact on my life you want a million people to say that about you and the way that happens is by being open to the Holy Spirit. Would you lift your hands with me and say, Lord Jesus. You're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Lord Jesus. Some of you never lifted your hands before. Maybe you don't, you don't have to, but say, Lord, I am open to be used by you. Let me yield to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening Run. today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.